good. Welcome everybody live from the Dutch Hall. Tonight's guest from Rainy Media, Dean Rainey. Alright, yeah. Featuring our bartender, Bertha Boy, Derek the B. Van Hooten. Alright, thank you, thank you. I'm one half of Nocturnal Emissions, Mike Bow. Yeah! Now here's your host, the man who believes video did not kill the radio star, Pete Van Dyke. Alright, everybody. Alright, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. Welcome. Oh, hot crowd. Hot crowd, as always. Welcome to Live from the Dutch Hall. I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke. Welcome again to our second uh, video uh, podcast of Live from the Dutch Hall. And uh, this is a, a little bit of a different cast from what we were used to for last week. Last week, we had uh, the premiere of the supergroup Nocturnal Emissions. <laughs> and uh, this week, we're one member short. We're just uh, just Mike Bow, which we're happy to have you. You nailed the opening, Mike. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm glad to carry the load today for my friend Dave. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Did he give you any tips or like instructions when you came in to, to, to uh, represent the band today? No, zero help at all. This was all me, Dave. <laughs> zero help. So uh, thanks a lot, bud. <laughs> well, we're really happy to have you. And also, my uh, brother, uh, Paul Van Dyke. Great bartender. Uh, great bartender uh, for the show Life in the Dutch Hall. He committed to being the, our full-time bartender, so we treat him as such around here. And uh, he was uh, in Toronto today. We sent uh, Paul Toronto. to Toronto today, oh. which is uh, which is a really uh, traumatic experience for uh, uh, someone from Norfolk County who doesn't get out very much. I guess so. And uh, he went on this uh, this trip. It's really exciting uh, to think of. I would wish we could have attached a GoPro camera to his forehead and watched uh, the, <laughs> watch what happens when you take a, a, a quintessential Norfolk boy. Like when, when I say Norfolk, and for those of you listening from outside the area, when I talk about Norfolk County, it's it's uh we're talking about the county. We're a different sort of people out here in Norfolk County, and 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 I think the same <clears throat> would be true about many people outside of the major urban centers, where it gets to be a little different, and we get used to the way life is out here. Which is a far cry different from the way it is in the big city. Yeah, so you imagine a grizzly bear like Paul, right? A real man. A real man. You know, you saw him bearded, like giant, like a real grizzled fella. He, he like might a- get lost. He might get lost yeah. a few times. <laughs> well, I just picture Paul driving down the highway. You know, when he leaves Norfolk County, and our biggest center in Norfolk County is uh, Simcoe. Simcoe, yeah. Metropolis of Simcoe. Yeah, it's a city that services us. And by city, I mean like it's about... What eighteen thousand people yeah, or something? Yeah, give or take. Yeah. So we're not talking about bigger urban centers. <laughs> to here. us, it is. To us, it is. That's our big city. Yeah. And then you go like, uh, you might get through Brantford. You're at eighty thousand people. Then you get to like, and uh, already I can see Paul getting a little nervous. Right? <laughs> Outside Brantford. <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden you hit into Hamilton. You start Ooh. to see a few big buildings, and the the traffic's getting a bit thick, you know. And then, and then Paul's probably going to get a bit a beat of a sweat on his forehead, <laughs> I would imagine, right? White knuckling. A bit. Something's like not right here at this point in time. And by the time he hits the suburbs, you know, by the time he starts hitting the suburbs and all the houses are looking the same and all that stuff, Paul's thinking he's in a bizarre world that he doesn't even understand, right? Yeah, he's rolling off the end of the earth. Yeah, he, he he might as well be on a different planet, right? <laughs> yeah. And not to mention, he's got three young boys, all young kids like uh, under the age of ten, right? Mm-hmm. And he's bringing these boys who have, again, like the probably the biggest uh, thing that they see is uh, Victoria Ballpark, you know? It's a, yeah, it's a yeah. plethora of children around there having a great time, right? And now they're in downtown Toronto with the Hockey Hall of Fame and the aquarium and all that stuff that they're doing. And uh, I can just picture my brother. Uh, marching these three little kids whose heads are turning as fast as they can all the different things they're seeing like just uh, and bouncing off the walls eh? yeah and paul while his wife's at a nice business conference is going to be the the man that's going to take these three uh through the city of toronto seamlessly <laughs> oh, of course no question yeah without any any problems whatsoever <laughs> 
So I can't wait till he comes back so we get a chance it to talk. Should be an to excellent him. story. He, he might have a, a story about a homeless man. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, a homeless man? Are you talking about? So, well, Toronto's full of them, right? Oh, yeah, I know. I, I know a guy. I don't, I'm don't. not going to say who it is, but he's well known to the show. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Who uh, always, every time we go to a big center where there's uh, uh, homeless people, and I, I'm actually the same way. I like to talk to the homeless people because I always find they have good stories. Like they have the best stories because. There had to be some reason that brought them to where they are today, and a lot of times it is mental illness or something. But even still, the story that they got them there is oftentimes very interesting. So I always, uh, when I'm traveling, generally do talk to the homeless people in any city I travel to and find out what uh, what they're all about. And actually, in Denver, I had some of the great the greatest experience with a really? homeless yeah a homeless comedian, or he was a street comedian. So he would just come up to you and tell jokes. And so he opened with a joke. It was um, it was. Uh, he, he opened with a joke and I liked it and I said oh that's good and then he goes I, I go you got any more and he goes this is my big one and he goes uh, set you up for the big one Andy. yeah and then I, he goes uh, what do you call it what do you call it uh, when Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder play tennis together what do you call it endless love <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what he said it's a killer yeah, it's, it's a killer great, great joke good great joke him. right so then I'm like uh, I start pulling out money right I pull out five bucks to give the guy because I really enjoyed the time I spent with him right and he, he saw that I was giving him five dollars so he came up with more material right so he started telling me a bunch more jokes all of them not very memorable because I don't remember him <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and he went with his best one right off the right and I said to him why didn't you close with the endless love joke is your best joke yeah right and he goes uh, well I didn't know I was playing that long of a set he, said. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't quite prepared he thought it was a one-line deal yeah, yeah I just thought he was doing didn't that. know you were into him anyways we're moving on we got um, we got uh, Derek Van Hooten here as our bartender today replaced my brother. So thank yeah. you for coming in, Derek. Derek, it's your birthday today. It is. What a guy. Yeah, happy what birthday. Let's hear yeah, it for him. Uh, round of applause. In on his birthday. Great on his bartender. birthday, he's in here. And now I want to do something special for you because uh, it is your birthday and uh, you came in to help me with my show. So I'm gonna. Uh, what happened was one time, a very special occasion at Live from the Dutch Hall, we had my uh, a great guest of the show, Ryan Vandenbush, NHL, former NHL enforcer, uh, Chicago Blackhawk and Pittsburgh Penguin, Ryan Vandenbush. A real gentleman. He, real gentleman. He came into the Life in the Dutch Hall to celebrate, I think it was my birthday show, and he brought in this crystal vase, or this crystal, uh, 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 I can show it here. It's a nice crystal. Like a little vat. Yeah, yeah for you audio bottle. listeners, yeah. It, 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 it's a beautiful it, bottle. It's like high-class stuff here. Right, and I would like to, uh, and what he said was when he gave this to me, he goes, this is a very special bottle of booze. It was given to him by... It's see the New York Rangers logo yeah, on the front. It, yeah. it was given to him by Wayne Gretzky in his rookie year in the, the NHL. Really? And uh, he brought this uh, to, he said, it was uh, Wayne Gretzky gave this to every player on the team that he played with, a bottle of this booze, and he'd like to share a shot with me on my birthday show. And so I would like to share a shot with you for yeah, your buddy. birthday. Sounds if you, good. If you oh, that's can. a treat. But let I'll give say, it to you because you're the bartender, yeah, yeah. And, and do that. And then after we have a shot, we will get on with, Rallying the troops alive from the Dutch Hall. Sounds well, great. While you're pouring that, I'm going to get started on this. Um, I just mentioned about my brother going to uh, to Toronto, being a Norfolk County guy, and I mentioned a little bit about how uh, us people outside of the big cities are a little different. And so I was wondering, or I was, uh, well, we were talking a little bit about the show because we've moved on to doing uh, video now. We've kind of stepped it up a bit. Yeah, we're moving up in the world. Right? And so we've. I thought, well... What is our voice exactly? You know, like, who are we? Who is live from the Dutch Hall? Ready? What is that one? Oh, that's the cop of it. All right, let's do it, and then we'll get on with our who we are. Well, live from the Dutch Hall, 
There's a community of great people. We're going to celebrate our friends and family. Yeah, so everybody, what I want to do is for happy birthday to Beef. Cheers. Cheers. And cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that's delightful. So I want to tell you a little story about the internet, Michael. I would love to hear it. The thing I like, the thing I like about, happy birthday, Derek. Yeah, happy birthday, buddy. buddy. That was a good shot. It was delicious, wasn't it? Now, this, the kicker to that story is Ryan Vandenbush is full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this was just a bottle that he did get when he played for the New York Rangers, but he's been filling it with swill over and over and feeding that same line to everybody that he goes to a party <laughs> with. Yeah. And it works like a charm. It right? sounds awesome. I think you, you bought right into it. I did. <laughs> and I don't know I if you guys have bought into it too, but shame <laughs> on you if you did. So, <laughs> so anyways. What I like about the internet, the best thing I like about the internet, even more than the pornography, is oh. the fact that, well, it's a great thing. It's a but, great thing. But the, is the fact that everyone on the internet has a voice. Those people who, uh, generally, before the internet was invented, back when I was a man in my 20s, um, <laughs> before the internet was invented, if you were too small of a group and you had a, something to say, you just were lost in the ether. No, you had no voice. There was no way to rally the troops. And now with the internet and the world's all connected together, Everyone's able to have a voice. Mm-hmm. The, the voiceless get a voice. And at live from the Dutch Hall, Michael. As live at live from the Dutch Hall, we all started out as one. <laughs> Let me start that again. Wait, wait. Let me start. Ready? Let's do it again. Here. At live from the Dutch Hall, we started out at one guy tricking his best friend into rambling an hour into the internet, and now we've turned into a team of listeners who are all working together to build something great. Alive from the Dutch Hall, we've become the voice of the voiceless. Amen! Live from the Dutch Hall, we're the voice of the, of the people who live where the street lights, uh, street lights end. Hallelujah! <laughs> we are the voice of those who are rural. Testify! Those who are agricultural. Hallelujah! The, the voice of the factory worker, the disgruntled bankers, the commuters, the displaced farm kids, the small town girls. <laughs> the vo- we are those who could care less about Kanye and Kim. Great ass. Great ass. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> we don't understand why pot's not legal. Hands to Jesus. We do understand that you have to kill a cow to eat a steak. We fix our own sinks, shovel our own driveways. We challenge governments, question religion, and we refuse to be fed what the large corporations are shoving in our face. We are live from the Dutch Hall. Hell yeah, we are. Hit the theme song, Mikey. Alright, let's do it, everybody. Yeah. Cheers. Start off shaking. What a great <laughs> ending! What a great ending! Welcome everyone alive from the Dutch Hall. We're get, I actually got uh, what a great rendition of the uh, theme song, Mike. Eh? We don't need charges at all. Like I said, Dave's not much help. Eh? What he is is he's a man that writes the music for the show. He's yes, a man he that writes the music. He's a for great the show. writer. He's key. He's key. Yeah. <laughs> but performing the show, he's, he's good a at doer. eating. He's good at eating a banana on air. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
A lot of great things happening, everybody. Number one, I think for those of you who are looking for the Wheel of Filth and you're wondering how you can watch it, uh, great news. Uh, for those of you who listened to it last week and you're looking for it, we, we have it all produced. It looks great. Uh, Rainy Media came in and did a terrific job. Unbelievable, yeah. And uh, we're really proud to, uh, to release the first episode. And we're going to be releasing it on our Live from the Dutch Hall YouTube channel this Monday which I think is March 2nd. That is exciting. Monday, March 2nd is when the debut of the Life in the Dutch Hall We YouTube all become channel. celebrities. <laughs> well, <laughs> is that a good thing well, or a bad thing? Yeah. Pine Grove celebrities. Pine yeah. Grove celebrities, yeah. Celebrities, yeah. Which, uh, we, are, we are the biggest thing in Pine Grove since the Adcock family. Yeah, yeah. Since, <laughs> since the expansion. Yeah, since, since, they the allowed, <laughs> since they allowed the uh, subdivision on his farm. That's you know? right. But uh, we are, so anyways, we, uh, we already talked about my brother not being here. I had that say for the beginning. But, but what we didn't talk about is uh is uh, charters is our is our good friend David. Now we did we what we we have to mention him. I mean of course he, you do. he's uh he's been a he's a beloved co-host of the show. I think he's really rising to the top as being the most uh, beloved co-host that we've had on the show. No offense Mike. No, Valuable that's okay. Asset. No yeah. offense taken. Yeah. No offense taken at all. Yeah, but uh charters I mean he really has a lot to the show, but and so t- this was questionable this week when we questioned his commitment of course <laughs> when he didn't show up. As we always do. And uh I don't know if we want to admit it or not. If we, if, if we want to admit why he's not here, but... Uh, uh, do we? Huh? Well, you know what he told me. What did he tell you, Peter? He told me that uh, his wife had to work afternoons, is what he said. Oh. And then uh, I said... <laughs> uh, because, I don't know if Dave wants everyone knowing this because he's a sensitive subject, but I'm going to let him let him know the thing. I don't know if he's going to be mad at me, but he has a lady. Like, he has a nanny. He has a nanny. What does he? Right? I know Dave loves his children. Don't get me wrong. He likes to spend time with his children. Of course he does. That sounds but awesome. I, but he's got a nanny, right? So I said, "Well, don't you have a nanny for that? Like, then she can watch them till the kids get home." And then, and then, he said, "Well, uh, she's with them all day, you know." And I'm like, "Why aren't your kids in school all day?" And yeah, but she cleans her floors and she, she <laughs> and does clean up around the house. I want to give her a break. I said, "Why don't you give her a break during the day when she's <laughs> cleaning the floors? And then she clean the floors when you're watching your kids. It's like two of one, right? You know, right? right. Anyways, it wasn't a compelling enough argument. It didn't it, work. No, it didn't work. It didn't work." <laughs> But I will tell you, his son, we tested out some technology. We want to get to the point where we can start uh, involving feedback more and more right. from our listeners. Because when I did talk about the internet earlier in the show, it is important to realize that the, uh, the way I look at it, the internet, uh, uh, the way it works, it, the way the new, uh, when you build an audience from nothing, because I'm nobody, I'm not, I'm not a... You're a Pine Grove celebrity. <laughs> right. You know, people don't generally follow former agricultural lenders, <laughs> you know? We're not, former, uh, what was your team's name? Your former uh, hockey player on the team? We were the Lone Rangers. The Lone Rangers. Yeah, yes. L-O-A-N. It's been established. Lone, Lone Rangers. A good, a good, a good banker a, pun. A play on words, if oh, you will. It's great. <laughs> we had a horse on the front of our jerseys, oh, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. One time I was playing, and that's an, off, uh, an off-topic thing, but uh, one time I was playing in a hockey game, and we were representing Farm Credit Canada, the company I, I worked for. And we were playing OEC 73, the year I was born, actually. And then, really? uh, yeah, so this, these guys graduated in the year I was born. Okay. And they were a great hockey team. Yeah. Really tic-tac-toe. They've been playing together for years. Eh? They get together once a year. They have a reunion. They get, get all drunk and stuff like that. Good old it's, boys. It's terrific, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're in a game with us. They're having a great weekend in Guelph, and we're playing in this tournament. And the uh, weekend in a real heated game, they have a, real, a ringer. One of the, one of the guy's oh, kids really? comes. Yeah, played junior hockey or something. He was a real ringer. But he was dirty, and uh, some of our team, were, we all have to go back to work in a bank, you know, like we're in Was a, he had the stick up high? He was just really being a little gritty, gritty in the corners, you know, oh. taking a little liberties on people. A little people. too aggressive, yeah. Yeah, a little too aggressive for a pickup game wreck hockey tournament. Come on, know? bud. 
So tensions uh, rose, right? And there was a few scrums. Uh, Fist of cuffs? Yeah, surrounding it. Really? And I was in a scrum one time, and I'm not a violent man. I generally don't. But in oh. hockey, sometimes, you know, you get a little... I'm, not a, I'm a terrible hockey player. I never played growing up. Never, right. you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So anyways, uh, uh, I remember being in a scrum, and I this one guy's being real lippy, and I punched him in the face. It turns out it was an appraiser that I used. <laughs> it was... Uh, <laughs> It was. He wasn't playing on our team. He was playing on the uh, on like his uh, his his the team he graduated from. But it was an appraiser that I need to use. Like if he doesn't get the value sign off, I can't help out my customers, right? So <laughs> I'm like, geez, I hope he didn't know who it was. But if you're listening and uh, you were an appraiser at Farm Credit that got uh, punched in the face by someone in that <laughs> hockey game, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got in a little heat at the moment, but it had to happen. Yeah. Right? As soon as I punched him too, I, I recognized who it was. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. oh my goodness, I yeah. shouldn't have done that. Right? Yeah, sometimes when that hockey gear gets put on, people turn into different You sure do, people. eh? Yeah, it's crazy. You've seen guys like that. Who I know many people like that that are great people off the ice that turn into friggin' uh, Tasmanian Devils yeah. on the ice. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. They lose I, their mind. Yeah, I worked with a girl, and her dad was just a terrific guy. And uh, But people that only knew him from the uh, from the from from playing hockey with oh, him yeah. thought not, he was an good. animal. Right, right. right. And uh, so he ended up, uh, yeah, the second, it, Beef, could you get the second button from the top on that speaker? It's just clicking on there. Sorry about that. No but problem. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how, and if you don't know a guy from off, offside the ice, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's crazy. Even your dad used to play hockey. We were at a funeral with your dad, right? <laughs> A funeral with your dad, and a woman came up to me and said uh, how they, the whole town of Norwich, yeah. Ontario, yeah. Uh, f- was uh, they were they hated your father. Very right? hated. He yeah. would he would skate around the rink and hold his fist up. This is the stories I heard, and the crowd would boo him, and he would love it. He would take it in. <laughs> yeah, that's I great. wish I would have been there to see it. I think hockey needs that. I think yeah. hockey needs a heel. Like I like I I come from the wrestling perspective of any sport. Right. You need to have those characters like Sean Avery yeah. and like yeah. that that the crowd boos. They come to hate them. They come to, to the throw, villain. Yeah, you need villains. You know, you need to sell good versus evil and exactly. and boost the sport up. Right? And they have know? their own passion in the game, right? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why the commissioners of these sports they always try to take that fun out of it. Like it should be more wrestling. It should be more. Yeah, that's all we talk yeah. about when they're involved in the sport. Those type of characters. They're that's all we talk about right now yeah. we can't now we got to talk about and what? then and then they find them and punish them for yeah. it you know and you're right. like why would you find them for that that's my favorite part of the whole game when yeah. a guy behaves like a jerk you know <laughs> when a guy says what he really thinks and it's a or, lot of people a lot of people go to see that so. yeah it's yeah. just it's strict it's all carnival barking it's it's the oldest trick in the book you give the, uh, the crowd what they want you right know? that's why everyone stands up for a fight because they don't and not so much for a goal you know yeah but it seems like we're paying more money to watch a game and getting less in return yeah yeah yeah, when I was a kid, that was a big deal. You know, you, you know the, the entertainment of the game. That's just it's slowly dwindling out of the out of sports in general. I think I agree with you. I think you should go. I think we should go one step further and make and make our own league of just like pure roller derby type hockey, <laughs> where it's like full on like you know like the slap shot where you bring out the right the yeah. characters Dredge Dunlop and whatnot. Yeah, you bring out like what's the tomahawk the the wahoo yeah or. Uh, McGee or whatever his name yeah. is, Ogie Ogletorp. Ogie Ogletorp. Yeah. They all come in. That would be the best. I, I would go to that league every week. I mean, and and I would say if you if you're like, uh, you could say that your players could still get suspended for fighting, but you'd have stage fighting. Like you would say, so you'd right. say like, hey, you are you going away on uh, holiday with your family next week? Let's have a good one. 
why don't you get in a fight this one and you really get you really go crazy yeah. you know like like and then uh, you'll get suspended and you can go on your uh, vacation yeah, two weeks and then come back and then well you'll be back after that you know but you, what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to stomp on the guy's throat <laughs> with your skate you know <laughs> we have like a, a whole like package it's safe and stuff don't worry, we got ketchup yeah <laughs> i think that's where it should be so anyways to get back to the program we uh we really want this week after our first video broadcast there's a bit of a buzz yeah. surrounding the show so a few pe people were more engaged into the program than they normally are and this that therefore feedback we got feedback was bigger than always hey mike you got your guitar handy i sure do bud well what are we gonna do? we want to de dedicate some time to our listeners because they're so important to the show and mm -hmm. what i think we should do is flip into our segment feedback we got feedback okay then we got feedback Feedback. Welcome to Feedback. We got feedback, everybody. Uh, this week's Feedback We Got Feedback is brought to her by our great friends at VG Meats. VG Meats has been a, a good supporter of our show. If you go to my website, livefromthedutchhall.com, and you click on the VG Meats banner, you can uh, always get a bunch of great deals. Every month, they're always changing the coupon, what you can bring into their stores in either Simcoe or Stony Creek, and you can get some great deals on some fine quality product. That's uh, produced by a great family of uh, that really care about what they're doing. So delicious meat and fantastic people. Yeah, and when you go in there, make sure you spend some time and ask them questions behind the counter. Like if you don't, if you want to know more about what you're eating, they are the perfect place to go. Yeah, they take pride in their staff, and they'll tell you everything that you need to know about what you're buying and what sure. you're putting in your body. So make I it, make it educational for you. Oh yeah. yeah, I've had a lot of I've had listeners go in there that haven't used the coupon, but they've still gone in there to check it out, and they've got back to me and said how much they've enjoyed. Go on to the place and thanks for the tip kind of, of thing. So yeah. uh, I hope that uh, VG Meats hears that and then th and maybe throws me some pepperettes once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah VG. Yeah. Throw you a bone <laughs> you know every now and then. You know which yeah. one you are. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, how you can support our show. <laughs> maybe some jerky. Yeah, I like jerky. I like a lot of things. So also how you can support our show is go to my same website and you scroll down a little bit, you're going to find some Amazon banners. If you want to if you want to uh, subscribe to Amazon Prime, which has a lot of great programming, or you mm -hmm. want to just do some regular Amazon shopping, Click, go to my website first and click on the banner, and then all of your shopping will send a little bit of the money back to Live from the Dutch Hall, and that'll help us make this show better every week. Uh, we are almost ready to get a check from Amazon. It's really exciting. Really? Yes, yes. We, uh, I think, are almost ready to tip the scales where they're going to send me a check. Wow. Maybe even two checks. That's unbelievable. You know, it's an outside chance. I'll tell you, people, I've done this. Just click on Pete's link. Go do what you got to do. Amazon's great. They deliver, and everything's on time. It's fantastic. Just do it. It's super easy. Help Pete out. Everybody's gonna have a great time, right? And if you and if you decide I don't like shopping, I just want to give money directly to Pete. There's you always the option to go to the PayPal and just donate some money, and that'll help us to try to make this show better and better. Yeah. Really, the, how this has happened, and I mentioned it poorly at the beginning because I was faltering over. Every time I try to prepare something, I skip, I exactly. I trip all over it. Eh? But um, what I wanted to say was this show started out just me and Charters doing nothing, right? Like just doing garbage on one table, and then. Now, the listeners started giving us ideas for guests. The listeners started giving us, uh, sending in like uh, ideas for uh, different bits we can do. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we had a, a, a film crew come in that offered to, to make it into a video awesome. podcast. So we have yeah. uh, a lot of people that are dedicating their time to us. We got a sound guy, yeah. Justin Bergman, great guy we've never Let's showcased on the show. Let's, Let's hear about him. Yeah, there you go. You didn't miss that one, Justin. Yeah, you, you didn't miss that one, eh? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he nailed that one. I don't know where the where the applause was for Beef over yeah. there. But anyhow, <laughs> I almost hit a milestone here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, we have uh, we we have a, a lot of great support from yeah. a lot of great people who listen to the show one way or another, and they end up I don't know what reason, but they see something in the show, and they've all contributed a little bit that's made the show better and better. And it makes me really excited to see where the show's going in the future. And this week was a real turning point for the amount of feedback we got. And uh, I'd like to read a few of them. Some of it was was just because they really enjoyed the episode. The first bit of feedback I got was from uh, Willie Van Dyke. Oh, Willie. Yeah, my father, oh, Willie Van Dyke. Yeah. He supports a beautiful duster when he does it. He hasn't had that duster in a long, long it's time a real shame, because Peter. he was a little. I don't think he liked the gray in it, eh? Oh, which yeah, is, uh, you know, he's a vain man. He's a really, a really pretty boy. <laughs> Good-looking man. He'll, he would kill me if he. Uh, he's gonna be really mad at me if he hears me call him a pretty boy. <laughs> and he can still kick my butt too. So oh, I yeah, gotta watch there's no kidding say. about that. But Willie's a great lister in the show, and I don't think he's ever been named lister in the week, but he should be. He's <laughs> yes, in, he should in my be. eyes, he always is, and he gave this feedback. Some great wit displayed by that Van Hooten boy. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's oh, what I like it was. It. So a little shout out to Perry. He thought that, uh, or not Derek. to Perry, to Derek, <laughs> the beef. Perry's your dad. But I was, uh, I, I was, he really loved your line. He said the line of the night was your line about nice. you have to look down and see what you eat or whatever. Yeah. He loved that line. And he said that was, that was the, his favorite part of the show. So that's Willie Van Dyke's feedback. Rick Mastronardi of Kingsville, Ontario. You might remember him from uh, the show Live from Leamington, our first road show we did in 2015. I do remember him. Great show. Yeah, he sent me some feedback, and it was this is what he sent. Fornicate. Great show. I nearly laughed my testicles off. <laughs> Hades. At one point, I thought I was about to defecate myself. Fornicating right is what he said. So thank you for to Rick for that feedback. I think he got stayed, the premise. Yeah, he stayed with it in yeah, between kept, the lines. Well yeah, done. Yeah, kept his TV friendly for oh, the feedback, boy. which gets into the next point. Oh, if you wonder how you can give us feedback, you know how you can do it? You can do it anyways. I, I take text. If you, if you meet me on the street and you see me and you want to talk about that, it, I'll uh, take that. guy from Denver. Now, if he listened, he can, text, to, yeah. he can listen he to the show. Phone. Yeah, if he had a phone. <laughs> but uh, I was, we saw a guy today. We were just uh, paying. Uh, we were in Turkey Point at yes, the marina, and a guy came up to me and said he listened to the show in an ice hut while he was ice fishing. He listened like three or four a episodes. Few episodes, he said. Yeah. Yes, he was in a captive audience, and the person he was with made him listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was, and they had nowhere he to had go. Had to. Yeah. And what he said, what did he say at the end? He said, he goes, you made a little great gig for yourself. Yeah, you, you do, yeah that's what he yeah. said. I'm like, I, thank you. I take that. It pays very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> it's paying nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. So anyways, uh, but that, that's how it works. You know, if you want to get, but so if you want to give me feedback, you can give it to me on the street. You can give it to me at live from the Dutch hall at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email, if you want to just uh, follow me on Twitter and I'll follow you back. And when you can send me a direct message on Twitter, it's Dutch at Dutch hall on Twitter. And you can also go on Facebook, like me on like the Life on the Dutch Hall Facebook page, and send me a Facebook Messenger, mm -hmm. and you can give your feedback that, feedback that way. Or if you know my phone number, you can text me. So there's a whole bunch of different ways to, <laughs> to, to get about. And we're working on getting Skype and FaceTime, yes. and, and so we can also do that because I do think as the show gets continues to grow and the, and uh, people start to be able to communicate more with us, and we start to build the community of like-minded people, then we're going to have a lot more fun together because the show is more what we all want to watch and what we all want to be a part of. I think that's the best way to do media nowadays. I don't think that um, my personal opinion is that the old way of like say Seinfeld where you get the whole world as your audience right. or whatever are done. And I think that now everyone can kind of be more tailor made with the internet to what they want as the consumer. So they're going to find the voices that they like to hear mm -hmm. and therefore um, 
the people who like it will find us and the people that don't like us will find a lot of other stuff that they can yeah, like you know whatever you want but i think that uh the people that you do have you got to take better care of because they're really part of their you got to really appreciate that they spend their time listening to your nonsense right? that's what the revolution is all about that's what it is you know just that we respect what these guys are doing and that we're all kind of in this together so what i did last week was i got myself into a little bit of trouble which I don't, which I've only done once before. I've always welcomed trouble. I always welcome feedback, negative or positive. I like negative feedback. I, so I'm now going to get into some negative, more negative feedback. Get it through somehow, right? The other yeah. Side. Huh? Yeah. Get, get a it. show. I'm not going to hide from my listeners, and yeah. even if they, even if they hate me. So um, <laughs> last week, the, uh, the 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 subject in, of controversy was my choice of language. What I did, and it, so we had a little bit of a language police. Um, it was it caused. If you listen to the audio show. You will hear the uh, kind of the altercation between myself and Abby Van Dyke. It was a bit of a, uh, it got a bit heated at points. It was a bit confusing to me at a lot of points. <laughs> um, I think it was confusing to a few people. Right. So um, I was taken aback by it. I know a lot of times I have to put my emotions aside to know that um, people like the controversy and the awkwardness right. and the, the right. tension that arises from it. And uh, some people find that funny. I find it to be like very stressful and uncomfortable for everyone in the room, right? But that's it goes over well sometimes, right? <laughs> and I would deliver some great lines. If you if no you question. if you look at the Wheel of Filth, she delivered some great material. She really was an asset. But in the one thing in particular, that I said I was trying to um, educate our listeners about premature ejaculation. Nice subject. Nice subject, right? right? Education. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Right, I'm trying to help out people. That's a real problem for yeah, a lot of people. And, parents, and the bar was raised so much by the girls who were quite adamant that you're anything less than them being perfectly satisfied with you is considered to be premature. <laughs> exactly. It was a great question. What is mature? Well, I'm and, saying if you put in a good hour and right. uh, you know, like I can't consider that premature. No. I work <laughs> for up God's sakes, what are we machines? Yes, we have to have limits. You know, <laughs> not a robot. Anyways, but I guess it's like once you can sit there and robotically say, "Are you satisfied, madam?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? That's crazy. Anyhow, right. I mentioned because I was, and it was this was not a written line. It was an improv line. It was just a line that came off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I was trying to create an image, some sort of imagery. That would uh, somehow take, you're at the point in time in life where you are uh, ready to premature ejaculate, right? You're, 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 you're in a go. Yes. You're full of excitement. You want to kill it, right? So I was thinking of horrible imagery. And what I did was. To not kill it. Yeah. Was I was trying to, you were trying, I was trying to, you were trying to, the person in question, the, the hypothetical person in question was trying to get himself to stop prematurely ejaculating. And what I did was I made him lose his erection completely and then sit in the corner and cry of a horrible imagery. <laughs> you I, went far. I that. went a little too far right. with my choice of language, right. right? And I think if you look at the tape, if you look back at the tape or you, you look... The you listen, tail of the tape. You listen to the footage, what you're going to find is is that um, I said the line, and I said it three times, which was dead babies. I'm going to say right, come around and say it. Dead babies, dead babies, dead babies. Right. I was thinking, t- a terrible. I'm admitting it's terrible. Yes. It was a, something that came off my head. I thought of the worst imagery I could. Right? I did? Right. The worst thing. You said, you're sitting right there, you said, Grandma's underpants. Grandma's underpants. That's what came to me. Right away I turned to you, good, Mike, better than mine. Mine was horrible. Mine was horrible. It was very, it was too much, right? Right. Anyways, she got language policey on me and started to go and argue the same point over and over again that she didn't like the line, right? I was like, I wasn't crazy about the line either. I don't know if the... And so, there was a lot of people who came to Abby's defense okay. on feedback. We was got there? feedback. Yeah. I'll read a couple of them too. Why wouldn't you? It's only fair. Right. 
This one, uh, this one lady wrote in. She said, uh, "Listen to some of the podcast." God agree with. She wrote this to Abby. Okay. So Abby sent it. Was nice to a send love it letter. If if not, she said uh, she gave the feedback to Abby. So some of the ways you can give feedback, we got feedback, is to actually give it to Abby as well. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so she le- he goes. Listen to some of the podcast. God agree with you on the dead baby. Um, and she said the sh word, which I don't do. That's not in Lent. Not in Lent. Of course you don't. Praise yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, I kind of stopped listening there. And you stood your ground, right? So she was uh, very complimentary of Abby. The next person said, okay, I have to say, listen to the podcast, and I totally agree with you on the dead babies issue. So that does insinuate that they had a discussion prior to her listening to the show. But but she had to write it anyways. Anyways, just yeah. to So I had it, yeah. <laughs> That's not even cool, not to mention the fact that this week a local Toronto boy was found dead, right? Oh my so uh, what I think... How can you have known that, Pete? You... you ignorant person well i watched the news story i didn't correlate the two together uh, silly me <laughs> yes you, you are <laughs> what, ignorant and the, so the, the uh, i think then the, maybe the wrong impression was given <laughs> that i'm pro dead baby which i am i am absolutely not obviously not you know not in life in the wrong context that was a, a bit of taken out of context i think it was taken out, totally of, context, out right? of context however i'm gonna i'm gonna assure you that i find the thought of that imagery, which I won't even repeat again. That was the last time I said it. That's it. Let's not say it anymore. Because I know it upsets my listeners. Apparently. Right. And I and I, I actually talked to my neighbor, which drove around a pickup truck, and I told him about the controversy, and he said, that's pretty rough, Pete. He said, that's pretty rough. He said... Uh, <laughs> he, he agrees with the girls, doesn't he? he? And they, he mentioned an actual other incident about another baby who had passed away, mm-hmm. and I'm like... It, we can't go into history and mention all the specific tragedies, right? right? I'm not you say, that deep, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going after those people who have experienced. Like, leave me alone, for heaven's sakes. Anyways, I'm gonna have to watch it because people are crazy. Last time I said that the Italians killed Jesus, that one I think okay, I had to rectify that one too. I'm learning here. Yeah, we're it's that's a, why we it's have all feedback, education yeah. back and forth both ways. Right? I could have said something a little nicer. I did the one thing about grant. Like if you if you, if you thought about grandpa bending over, put the <laughs> put the plug in the bathtub then you probably would have been okay right that's a that would that would make me not you wouldn't want to ejaculate at that point in time. <laughs> no not at all right not at all <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that so that that's what I, mean. I should have done that so anyways thank you listeners for that feedback but i also have a, uh, also people who had given me feedback i got one more i'm going to read just as the flip side of that okay and that was this is a quote abby van dyke should never be allowed back on the show again that was the other side of it so just so we know, there is two. There's two takes. Two, two sides to the of that tale, story. Yes, we had. Uh, I had. A, we had a lot of people that were less than complimentary. What? What thing about Abby is she's a very a polarizing figure. You love her, or you hate her, or you love her at times, and at times you do not. But uh, <laughs> that crowd. That's what my audience, at least, is telling me. Um, so I'm having a hard time with it. So that brings us to the next uh, segment, which is our listener of the week. We have a great listener of the week to give me a drum roll on this guy before I uh, announce who the listener of the week is. Listen of the week is Scott Sherman from Delhi, Ontario. Scotty, Scotty, he's on fire. Yes. Now Scott, uh, Scott Sherman, Scott Sherman was the uh, he gave me the longest feedback I've ever gotten from a listener. And what <laughs> a I did, small novel. Yeah, and I felt very guilty after last week's show because I did a show of uh, questionable material, I'd say. And I uh, I looked over there. I couldn't help out of the corner of my eye. I tried to ignore the fact that I'm being filmed and everything, but. Couldn't ignore the corner of my eye. I did see a young 16-year-old uh, uh, boy that was <laughs> watching what I was saying, and I didn't know how much of what I was saying he had actually learned was learning from me for the first time. Like, I just don't know. You know, I don't want to be that guy. Right. So right away, I sent a message to his father, who I know is a listener of the show, okay. and I said, "I hope I didn't screw up your boy." 
You know, that's all I said. <laughs> Just a heads up. Just a heads up. So he gave me a message back. He goes, hey, Pete, not at all. He loved it and thought it was really funny. He liked you and Abby and said that you guys were funny and had lots of laughs. His exact words were, I couldn't believe they kicked her out when she swore she was so good. And he also commented about the plum at the end. He thought the wheel of filth was cool <laughs> slash good. Oh, and the family porn comment was his favorite. Which was, was it? A, yeah, which is a great line. Very I forgot nice. about that. Yeah. yeah. That was a you porn. Yeah. Being the family porn. Family uh, porn program. Yeah, I don't know how that comes about. No. So. <laughs> Where does that fall into? <laughs> uh, trust me, he talked about the show for a half hour this morning over the phone and how funny it was. He's a solid kid and understands what it's all about. I myself listened to the show twice this morning and while at work, and it was really good. He listened twice. That's awesome. Yeah, great listener. That's why he's listener of the week. Fu- yeah. Very, very funny. One thing, though, when I was a kid, I remember the day that I was told there was no Santa Claus, no, no Easter Bunny, or Tooth Fairy, and now I'll remember the day when I learned that there may not be a Haitian dwarf. Mm. Boo. And now I experience the same feeling. I suspect so. I suspected so. But hope there always was one. So he suspected there was no Haitian dwarf. Really? All of you guys share good chemistry on the show, and when the guests are on, it's always a great interview. Never know what the sh- what will be said next. Lucky you found your calling, Pete. I look forward to seeing it on TV. Keep up the great work. So thank you to Scott Sherman. Let's hear it for him. Good boy, Scott. Oh, we'll play that one. Let's lead us right play into the Haitian dwarf. Here's our friend. Yeah. Start sound, please. There we go. Haitian Dwarf. So that led us in the Haitian Dwarf. Because that was it. Like, he, uh, Scott referred to in his feedback that the Haitian Dwarf uh, legend was... Uh, myth or legend? ...was yep. told that it was a myth. Okay. Right? And uh, I was shocked at the comment. Actually, I didn't even really process it. It bounced off me when it happened that, mm-hmm. that someone suggested they knew who the Haitian Dwarf was. So I, right away, said, we have to uh, do something about this. Like I, So I asked Abby after the show, who do you think it is? Right? Right? The answer she gave was ridiculous. I think that what I did was back in the day, at the beginning of the show when the Haitian Dwarf started, mm-hmm. I used to, people used to always ask me if he's real and who he is and stuff like that, and I would throw out different names. I would just throw out different names, yeah, like yeah, I'd say, that. "Oh, it's my buddy from college," you know, right. like uh, Adrian or whatever. Yeah. I'd say that. I mean, I told people that, you know, I'd say it's all oh, it's a uh, Portuguese friend. Yeah, it's like this guy's brother, or that guy's brother, or like a someone that's like kind of like once removed. You make up a name, right, you know, right. just to get them to stop telling you. So I think I probably told Abby a name, and then she thought it was real. Well, what happened? The truth of the matter is, I don't have a clue. Yeah, how can you throw those accusations out without solid proof? Well, that's the thing. Well, she she may have got it from me. That's what I'm thinking. Oh. The thing of it is, though, if you would think that I'm going to tell uh, a person who uh, has repeatedly come on my program and drank too much, <laughs> repeatedly come on my program <laughs> and uh, regretted the things that she said. Yeah, well, does she? And I'm going to... She, she She did, yeah. Oh, she's admitted. Oh, yeah, she's okay. admitted. Re- okay. And then and she's going to come on the... pro. I'm going to give her... Like, uh, if, I, if I knew who the Haitian Dwarf was, that's like uh, really uh, sensitive information. I'm going to give that away to the drunk girl who's uh, going to say anything that comes into her head. I'm not going to be... I'm not that foolish. I'm no, going to load her with that sort of material. No. So I'm saying, I got to get... I'm going to tell people right now, from my perspective, I don't know the Haitian dwarf, don't know who he is, and don't know uh, if he's real or not, but I know I get feedback every week from the guy, and, he, and it says on the top, Haitian dwarf, and he has a Twitter, right. he has a Simple Twitter, as that. he has a Twitter, if you want to follow Haitian dwarf on I Twitter, he has a Twitter account, he's yeah, real. At, at Haitian dwarf, he wrote a tweet right after he first listened to the episode, and oh. it said, at ABVD24, which is Abby's uh, Twitter handle, okay. 
sometimes words hurt more than Velcro. And that was how he, uh, how he, he responded to it. And I, I know he was upset, so I worried for him. And then came the feedback. He, okay. he responds on iTunes. He goes on iTunes, listens, and then he actually goes on the iTunes thing and provides feedback that way every week. Stars? Yeah, so if you want to go on there, you can see the Haitian Doors feedback every week. And whoever else wants to reach out to me that way on iTunes. This week, he gave me five stars on iTunes, which always helps five me stars. out. Five stars. Five stars. Five yeah, stars. There we go. Oh, my he says he enjoyed them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> One fart sound. Yeah, hot, hot crowd for him. Enjoyed the Wheel of fil- uh, Filth immensely. Learned a few tricks as well. I'm having an identity crisis, though. Am I actually not real? <laughs> Am I merely a figment of Mr. Van Dyke's imagination? I feel like the haters out there would have you believe that. However, there is nothing that could be further from the truth. I will continue to support the show no matter how many people try to slander my name. I believe in the Dutch Hall. Let's hear it for him right there. It's a revolution, baby. It's a revolution. Called ours by the Haitian Dwarf. And I want to end feedback. We got feedback with that one. So if you guys want to continue to give me feedback, you know there's ways to do it. You can reach out to me at Live from the Dutch Hall on Twitter. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Dutch Hall on Twitter, Live from the Dutch Hall on Facebook. Or you can give me... uh, uh, email at lifeinthedutchhallgmail.com. And you know what? I forgot to announce it, but it's a really exciting uh, time to announce our new sponsor for this. The end it's feedback, not, we got feedback. That's fantastic. And it brings us into the sponsor for our big guests that we're having today, our big guests. Coming in hot. So we're going to go with our new sponsor for the show, Life in the Dutch Hall, has lucky to have Try Thai Tonight. Try Thai Tonight is a service that provides authentic Thai cuisine that's prepared right in your own kitchen. Sounds delicious. Yeah. You invite in Chef Jean. She comes into your kitchen, and she prepares authentic Thai food for you, and it's delicious. They came in on Sunday to our house. Chef Jean took... well, my daughter Caitlin, who has just had the best time in the world, like she I ended can up. Imagine. Oh, it, she just couldn't believe it. Like she told me repeatedly, even after they after they had left and she was ready for bed, like that was just terrific. I had so much fun. I had so much fun, you know. Chef Jean. So I mean, it's it's one thing if you want to have a dinner party with your friends and invite them down, have some delicious Thai food and learn how to cook it uh, mm-hmm. after uh, for yourself. Really, it's, it's a great meal to serve. It's delicious. It's so good. It's so good, tasty. Good thing yeah. she didn't go over to the neighbor's house. Might have been stuck there for a week or two. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he would he would enjoy that <laughs> service really too. I hope he's listening to the program. Yeah. You can have have her over. It'd there be you great. Go, buddy. But it's also great if you have young <laughs> young kids that are interested in the kitchen because the yeah. more I, I feel the more kids learn about cooking, the more they're apt to eat a good healthy diet, and the more they're apt to like pay attention to what they're eating, and and uh, hopefully not uh, become a you know an unhealthy right. slob that's being fed, force fed corn, you know by. Yeah. Like that everyone else is, right? So, anyways, I'm really happy to have on uh, Try Tie tonight. And uh, if you want to, you can look for Try Tie tonight um, on Facebook, or you can go to www.trytietonight.com and uh, see if Chef Gene can come up to your house. And I tell you, I, it comes highly recommended by me. It was a great service, and I would recommend it to anyone out there. I can't wait to try it. Delicious. Let's have a hand for that. A hand no? for Try Tie tonight. Yeah. All right. Now, without further ado, we'd like to invite in our big guest today. Our guest tonight is Dean Rainey, owner and creative director from Rainey Productions, right? Rainey Media. Rainey Media. Rainy Darn Media. it, I ruined it right off the bat. <laughs> Let's start again. Eh? Go. Our guest tonight is Dean Rainey, owner and creative director of Rainey Media. Cue the sound effect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got a big introduction for you, Dean. Dean oh. is a broadcast... Uh, is a broadcast creative with over a decade of international advertising and television production experience. He has produced and directed television shows for Fox, Discovery Channel, 
CNN, and Fox movies. With the advertising world, he has directed television and online campaigns for multinational brands such as Sony, National Geographic, Clean and Clear. What's that? The face wash. Face wash? Face like, wash. It's like a Johnson pad? Johnson. Yeah, no, it's just a, uh, this is a scrub. Maybe. Oh, makes you look nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, and uh, Samsung, Singapore Airlines, Hancock, t- Hancock Tires? H- Hancock Tires. Hancock. Hancock. I shouldn't can, say Can it. we say that? Not on, uh, no, no, not <laughs> since TV. Not, not since, and Kraft. Uh, originally from Norfolk County, Dean spent most of his life working, living in cities like Toronto, Orlando, Hong Kong, only to meet his wife, Jean, and have two wonderful kids and return to Norfolk County to start Rainy Media. His latest project is La- the, podca- the podcast is taking the world by storm, live from the Dutch Hall. Let's welcome our guest, Dean Rainey, to the show. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Back. Thank you. Right. Great to be here in the Dutch Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you've... Uh, Oh, no fart sound for you too. We played it right up to the end. That's a sign of respect for a new guest to the Dutch Hall. Appreciate it. Yeah. So Dean, we've uh, you're a Waterford boy. Like you're you're a, a full blown Norfolk County boy, right? Born and raised. Yeah. You grew up in Waterford, Ontario. I did. Right? Yeah. And you played baseball with a young Dave Charters, <laughs> the, the rooster of the show. I did. I did. So it was funny to uh, you know discover your your podcast and see tune in and 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 hear da- uh, Dave's voice there, who I hadn't seen in like twenty five years. Yeah. And so you na- knew Dave when he was in his prime as being a real dickhead eh? real classic yeah. Yeah. Probably the same shape as well no? <laughs> so did you did you uh did you um uh recognize him when you heard him on the show or did you think something had happened to him he became a shell of what he once was no 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 he, he's, he's calmed down a little bit there yeah. yeah no he's a gentle guy now he seemed very zen like when i when i listened to him on the show yeah very different because yeah what i think he had to do with four children for and show and, <laughs> it's a new word yeah. yeah with four kids and the his 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 uh panache for the uh jesus christ he really does have to find a, like a, a space to find like a, maybe a, a, a happy place to get through it all, right? And I think that's what Dave's done. It's really calmed him down in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- different than when we were growing up uh, together. I think he told us uh, the first ra- uh, racist joke that we that we heard, and I, I can't recall it now, but it was it was shocking. Well, I'll tell you, good. that's out of his system. Is that's it completely out of his system? He loves all people, Dave Charters. I'll say a lot of bad things about Dave, but he's, he's that's one thing he's not is a racist. He loves all people in the world, eh? Dave Charters. But that <laughs> but was I think was, at the day back in the day he liked a good joke. Yes, over, so you the know. joke won, you know. Yeah, and that yeah. two live, he was a big fan of two live crew, two yeah. live crew. I mean, when we first heard that, that was like blow your mind, you know. Like that really did. We never heard anything like that before. So I don't remember Charge being taken with that because I've known him since he's been a little boy. Anyhow, it was great that you have that. So you ended up growing up in Waterford, then you end up when you're done high school and you move on to become an adult you look at how you're going to like pursue your your dreams or your your aspirations in life and you decided to apply to film school is that right that's right yep so i went down to orlando i mean i just had to get out of waterford we didn't even have cable at the time right i don't, I don't do you have cable in pine grove no we no. don't no okay so, so I expect right. the kids to leave quickly yeah yeah as well, soon as they can well we have internet now oh, okay, so okay internet. internet we're lucky yeah. to have internet yeah Spot. we need better internet yeah, yeah it's rough yeah. justice but uh it's like you, i you do understand that especially as a young person you kind of see a little bit of the world for long enough and then you're like oh maybe there's a bit more out there for you so you went to orlando instead of a canadian university right you decided yep. to go to orlando what brought you to the, there for that film school well i just thought the states had a sort of a, a leg up on sort of entertainment right you know it's the biggest entertainment market in the world and if i went to orlando maybe i it would help my career or something but it was a disastrous year there it's yeah. horrible orlando is a cultural void Oh, cultural really? waste. Oh yes, if you don't oh, work yeah. for Disney, you don't work. So, oh, yeah. yeah, not a lot of culture there. Not a lot of uh, art. Not a big art scene or anything like that. But I, 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 I survived it. I, I got through. Met some good friends and that. And then uh, as soon as school was over, I, I came right back to Toronto. 
Well, yeah. came back to Canada, went to Toronto. And then what did you do there? I uh, slugged it out there, you know. Uh, to start, I was uh, volunteering on film, suit, uh, film shoots and that, and then coming back during the week and working on my parents' ginseng farm. Oh yeah, you know, I'd, I'd spend the Salt weekends, yes, yeah, spend the weekends in Toronto looking for work and volunteering on shoots and that, and then coming back and grinding it out, uh, moving shade and stuff like that. So yeah, and then they put you in sales. <laughs> yeah, 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 they kind of did um, because when I was living in Toronto, I was living in Spadina and Bathurst, which is just on the uh, no, sorry, Spadina and College, which is just on the edge of Chinatown. So right. I thought, well, Dad, you know. There's all these Chinese people right here, and you're going ginseng. What if I see if I can go out and, uh, you know, uh, sell it, be a hawker, sell it on the street? Yeah, yeah. And so my dad loaded me up with Ziploc bags of really? pounds of ginseng, and I went up there, and I would get a little cart that I would carry the stuff down to the, to the uh, Spadina and Dundas, and I'd be on the street corner, and I'd yell out in Chinese, because I had some Chinese friends and that, so I knew a little bit of Chinese, and I would say, Kanadai uh, Yansama, Yao Pang, Yao Lang, which means the Chinese uh, Canadian ginseng, very beautiful, very good price, and right. and I would sell it, and that was sort of my cash flow while I while I was getting started. Yeah, be selling drugs, right? Beats it. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get busted one time. Right. Uh, that we were out there on the streets, and there's a, a bunch of other uh, older Chinese women that would be selling uh, vegetables that they grew in there, right? Uh, in their backyards and that. But it's illegal to sell anything. But right. I, I didn't know that. I just thought, well, hey, anything goes in Chinatown, right? Right, right. It doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> And it was Chinese New Year, and I'd been selling for a couple of weeks, and I was doing okay. And then all of a sudden, I was I was really really busy because it's Chinese New Year, and people were buying all kinds of looking at the product and everything. And then I got a, a tap on my back, and I, I turned around, and it was a Toronto Metropolitan Police Officer. Really? He's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm I'm, I'm selling ginseng." He's like, what "You you can't do that." And I was like, "But but it's Chinatown. Does anything go?" He's, no, no. That's the reserve you're thinking of. Yeah. yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. In my defense, a bunch of my customers said, oh, it's, it's Chinese New Year's. He's just trying to sell. It's lucky. It's lucky. Let him go. Come on, let him go. So he's like, well, you have to have a permit. I'm worried that this is stolen ginseng. So I pulled up my dad's business card, and I was like, no, we grow it. It's direct from the farm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yao Pang, Yao Lang. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'll let you off with a warning now, but I don't want to see you down here. What had happened was one of the proper ginseng stores or herb stores had, had sort of called the police because they were scared that it was stolen ginseng. Right. So. And they would have been the same ones that would have held up your uh, permit uh, application if you were trying to get one. Yeah, probably, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I didn't even bother applying. Great example of uh, Norfolk County hustlers though, eh? At their best. When you, get out, when you get out of the big city, there's more and more of a, a need if you want to live down in the sticks, you know, that they're taking away our infrastructure so you have to be more of a hustler to figure out how to make it work, right? Mm, like, mm. And it, even now with Rainy Media, you still have to figure out how to make it work, right? If you want to live at home, I imagine. Like yeah, no, it's uh, you know when we moved back, uh, quit my job in, in Hong Kong working for uh, Fox uh, National Geographic Channel, which is owned by Fox, and I and I quit and we moved back and I said to my wife, we're gonna have to live in Toronto. That's that's the bottom line. I'm in television and that's where all the television jobs are. And she's like, oh, but I really love Waterford. I'm like, okay, well we'll go and we'll stay with my parents, but quickly you'll see that there's nothing going on there. Right. But um, we moved, and uh, you know, we had a first year where we we struggled to find work. You know, uh, I'd be going into Toronto, and I'd be having interviews, and be great, and be great offers. And yeah, yeah, we'll make something, we'll make something happen. Yeah, we, we want you, we want to work with you, blah blah blah. And then just no deals closed. Yeah. So I ended up uh, working at Serafina's and Simcoe, waiting right. on tables. Oh yeah, and uh, and working for the census. Canadian census. Oh, I've done I did that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, struggling, and we were down to our last $500, and I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> I've quit a very good job in Asia. We had everything there. We have a, a two year old with us. And uh, 
I said, well, my, my wife who's Thai, I said, well, you can cook. What if, what if you started catering? Yeah. So she went out and we did the catering gigs together. And then as people knew that I was kind of back and what I did, I got a few calls about doing some videos and stuff like that. And then I hooked up with a friend of the family's who was a marketing guy. And I just started going out and shooting with him and shooting with him. And he had a charity. I went to Kenya with him. And then people in Toronto found out I was back. I went to the Arctic and did some promos up there for a company. And then I just said, well, I guess I'm doing this. So let's start a business. What was that like on the Arctic? It was surprisingly, well, it was daylight all the time. 24 hours, yeah. So, so you're said, up there in the summertime. Yeah, and I said to my cameraman, okay, we'll stop shooting when the sun goes down. <laughs> Ten days later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, People yeah. of the Arctic start listening to Live from the Dutch Hall. Yeah. What was it? Uh, they, in, in Antarctica, they don't like it. They don't they? like us. They don't yeah. like us. Yeah. yeah. We've never had a listen from Antarctica, and it's a you know I've been trying to promote the market. I think, but I don't think they like my sort of humor. And in, in uh, Antarctica, a very conservative crowd. Don't very conservative. Yeah. Yes. Okay. More of the penguin it's crowd. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe they do listen down there, but they're doing it through a different source. Maybe they're getting through Stitcher. I don't get those hits. Oh, you're Stitcher. not getting the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, so the numbers there's are. a chance, you know, that yeah. I'm just getting not quite the right stats. So when you went, you went to what brought you to Asia then the first time? Um, when I actually when I got back to Toronto and I was struggling for right. for quite a while, and then I thought, you know what, I don't have enough education, so I'm going to go back to university and I'm going to study something that's because my education was very technical. It was like the gear and the equipment and that, but the technology changes. So right. I really wanted to get a, a fundamental education, like in story and literature and writing. So I went back to York and I um, I studied English lit. And while I was there, I volunteered or I worked uh, at a Chinese radio sta- a TV station that was up in uh, Toronto. Because, okay. you know, so many Chinese people up there, they have their own media and everything. Because I had an inkling through my dad's ginseng and meeting the buyers and the movers and the shakers and that, that maybe I want to see Asia. I want to go over and see the rest of the world. So I started working at this uh, TV station up there. And uh, I did a couple documentaries for them that they needed to do in English and I got the gig to do the directing and so that was great and then everyone was like oh why don't you go to Hong Kong if you go to Hong Kong you'll get a job so I had a couple of friends that were over in Hong Kong so I packed a suitcase and I told my family look if I'm going over for two weeks if I get a job I'm going to stay and that's what happened I ended up staying oh yeah yeah and then how'd you get the job with News Corp Oh, I you know that was a, I was over there for six years at that time. I had worked for Discovery Channel, and I'd done a couple of years at CNN as well. I realized news is not what I want to do. I'm not really interested in exploiting people's tragedies and disasters and stuff like that. Right, right. Yeah, and that was that was through CNN, or that was that was through CNN. And then uh, I actually quit CNN and moved back to Canada, thinking, okay, I've had enough of Asia. I'll go back and give it a try. And then got back here in November and was like, no, this is not where I want to be. You know, right. as, a, as a single guy. The winter is just brutal here. And so I did like five months here, and then I was like, okay, I'm going back. So then I traveled around Asia, did some, I trained Vietnamese journalists. Oh, really? He did some work in Thailand. And then a buddy was at uh, News Corp, uh, National Ge- Geographic Channel. And he said, come on on board with us, and, and you'll, we'll let you shoot commercials and stuff like that. So I went and worked with them. So you were, you were in the belly of the beast at that point in time. You're in then with the big evil News Corp, like the yeah. big corporation. like Huge. You, so Huge. you're talking about them change in probably everything you've done to that point in time there's more like hands in the pot you know more middle managers mucking it up more like uh politics yeah and that pressure for just numbers and growth just unrealistic and just you know um one example that i that i have is that we had a a marathon charity run i guess would be a charity marathon i guess in the philippines because we represented all of asia and head office was in hong kong where i worked and they said okay we're gonna do this marathon and we're gonna raise a bunch of money for people that need housing 
So I went, this is great. So we did all these promos and everything, and they had the event, and then the, the debrief email came in, and they're like, oh my gosh, we, ra- we raised a couple hundred thousand dollars for this. All of it will go to our bottom line, except for a small portion, which we'll give to housing. All right. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, are you serious? Like, we did all this promotion that's a charity event, and then this money went to our bottom line? Yeah. It was just a lot of that, and I just didn't feel very good about that. Yeah. And then. It's like the, it's it's like a lot of those things, eh? Like the NFL's like you know how they do remember pink in uh, October? Yeah. Well that's the same thing. Like how like one percent of the how money goes, goes back there, to yeah. to the cause. You know, it's all meant to make them look good, but then the actual good they're doing is only after they've made their shareholders happy, then you can talk totally, about Totally. One right. percent for the human element of, right. of of it is about right for those guys. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I don't know if I said that in my opening, but one of the lines for the uh, Dutch Hall Anthem was, we put people before money, and uh, and I forgot to... It's easy when you don't have any money, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can easily put... Yeah, it's true. That's why the best people are the poor people. So they're always the nicest people to talk to. And you get a little bit... When you get a little bit more to protect, you get to be more of a, a jerk, I think. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But you've got to turn around, though. You've got to turn around, you've got to give, you've got to give, because when you give, you get, you definitely get. So I like what happened with you because you you end up uh, f- meeting your lovely wife. That's a big that's a big blessing. Like you go travel all around the world, and then you end up meeting the woman of your dreams, right? Absolutely, right. Yeah. To travel across halfway across the world at the opposite ends and to find a, the woman that you're meant to be with, that's a really special thing. Like that's a really incredible uh, turn of events. I think, right? I think so, absolutely. And and so then uh, you meet her, you start a family together, and then you realize that your personal ambitions for your career and stuff like that look a little different is that is that fair to say absolutely like uh all of a sudden once you have those little kids and you're thinking okay maybe my success or my the money that i make isn't as important as maybe giving this kid uh a nice childhood you know what i mean we're spending time with them yeah yeah. i mean i was working long hours i was on the road all the time because we had to shoot do shoots in China, Thailand, Malaysia, and so you're flying in and out of Hong Kong all the time. And then you're coming home and you're just angry. Yeah, yeah. You're just angry all the time at the politics that's going on in the corporation and just the ridiculousness of it all. Like, I just want to make good work and I want to make that client happy, but there's just so much other bullcrap that's yeah, going on yeah. that you get home and you're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Oh, I think the same thing. I mean, when I was working in my uh, uh, banking, like I was saying, I love my customers. I like doing the work. I knew I could do a lot of good by helping out people that, because I gave them a chance where maybe other people wouldn't because they were too busy trying to do what the what the boss wanted them to do instead of trying to figure out what your customer wanted you to do, you know? And uh, as more, I got so much pride from helping the customer, but then I kept getting kind of crapped on by the people as I'm doing it. You know? Yeah, and I, 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 I could never get over that sort of uh, hypocrisy of the of how I'm doing good. Why why am I getting in trouble for it? You know, like people like me and like I'm doing, like yeah. I'm helping people. Isn't that what we want to do here, you know? No, it's not what they want to do. Yeah, it's, no. mo- it's money. It's it's money, 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 yeah. yeah. So you come over here and you end up following uh, something that's greater than the traditional money and stature and stuff and you did it for a greater good, the good of your family and the good of, and the good of your marriage and your children and uh, you move back home. Yeah, I mean, my parents are getting older, and I wanted to be close to them. We had the young one now, so you just want to be around family and that. And even when we were here, and we were in Waterford, and we were living in the coach house above my parents' garage, and I'd be going into Toronto on job interviews or whatever, and I was just like, yeah, I don't know about that job. I don't know if I want to move everybody into Toronto for just another job that I have to put up with all the the crap kind of thing. So when I got the opportunity to sort of go into business myself, I was was scared at first, but once you do it, man, I, I... I'd never go back. I'd never go back at all. Yeah, that's a great example to give yeah. to the people that are scared to death of that leaving leaving their job. You know, like once you're once you jump off that cliff, 
once you take the step to actually just uh, cut the ties from whatever you're whatever you're hung up on your golden handcuffs your pension your security your benefits whatever the the paycheck whatever they're keeping you there doing something that's against kind of like who you are and once you break the tie of that and jump off that cliff you have no choice but to figure it out so then you have to and you will yeah, yeah. and things will things will things will work out yeah. and then with me doing it then like immediately you know, four or five other guys that I knew that were there did it. Like they were just like, okay, we're following, we're doing it. And now a bunch of them throughout the world now have their own production companies or working that. And then we help each other. We uh, work on each other's projects and we can source different work out to each other and that. So Sure, that's how it should work, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you got yeah. somebody to bounce some ideas off. And- yeah, and I can outsource, uh, like my graphics gets done in yeah. Malaysia and my audio sometimes gets done in Hong Kong and cool. stuff like that. So, you know, everybody just helps everybody out. Yeah, yeah that's great. Well, that's a, so I, I think that's a, that ties in nicely, like to be able to have you in here. Now, the one last question before we get into our game that we have is... Uh, the Wheel of Filth is you, back? You, you knew yeah, the game no. was coming. This is a, we have one game to play with you, if you don't mind staying for the end of the game. But one question before is that you you and Rainy Media have uh, have come and helped out live from the Dutch Hall. You've come in here and uh, you've uh, really, uh, I, I tell you that for Monday, the people that are going to get to watch the Wheel of Filth, they're in for a real treat because what I really liked about it, I did not expect it to come out as great as it did. Well, um, I've really, really enjoyed the fact, and, and you did some stand-up comedy too when you were in Hong Kong, right? Correct, yeah. Right? So uh, that it's on YouTube. Google it. Yeah. Uh, Rainy uh, Dean Rainey stand up. Hey, you were uh, you were the best novelty act in Norfolk has talent. That's right. Yeah. So you, these are all credits I meant. I forgot to mention in the first thing, right? But uh, but I, what I like about it, you can tell you've really got a respect for the uh, for the humor in the show, and when with the way that you filmed it and the way you edited it, you really punched the jokes up and you made everything look really sharp. And I would say. For for our first crack out, where we're all still learning how to work with each other, I was really pleased with the way that way it turned out. Like in my wildest dreams, I couldn't imagine my first delve into video to look as good as it did. So a real uh, a real hearty thank you from all of us at Live from the Dutch Hall for what you've done for us. Well, we appreciate that. You know, we don't we don't hear we love to hear stuff like that from the clients. You know, like. Uh, Everybody's excited, I think, on the team because you know a lot of times we're we're just we're making a living, we're doing our marketing and our promotional videos, and so the chance to do something different, you know, I got into television because I love comedy and I love creating and I love talented people and that, and so when I heard your show, it was just it was a different voice than I'd been hearing out there, you know, and I just thought there's there's something here, there's something here, and and I'd like to help them out if I can and be a part of it. Well, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. You're a great addition to the team, and we like the whole crew. I mean, we have. Uh, uh, we should probably just mention a bit of the crew here. Sure. We don't have I Gus here today, but we have. Beautiful we, Gus. But Gus was a terrific addition to the Wheel of Filth. Uh, his uh, he, Paul and him. Really I think. Uh, yeah, I think the bartender Paul <laughs> Van Dyke. Like a Vegas trip plan. Yeah, he's taking yeah. him to Vegas. We have uh, we have Ryan uh, Proper, who uh, who was uh, he was actually a great help to me. I never he laughed at all my jokes out there, <laughs> which was uh, on the first show. So that was he was a real great addition. We have. And then we had Holly, who uh, was not giving me much as far. <laughs> she doesn't give much yeah. to anybody, but she does enjoy it. She's yeah, just yeah. stone face. Yeah, yeah, Holly Mike. No, I'm All really goodness. proud to have uh, three local. These are local people. That's awesome. You know, we're not doing this in Toronto because of the internet. We're here. These kids, they want to live here too. They like the life here. They have lives here. They don't want to have to move to Toronto. Great. And to be able to give them sort of creative work is it's a rarity. But I, you know, as we move on, things are getting better like this. So. Yeah, and I think that uh, we keep we we keep. Pump- pooling talent from uh, the small areas in the world and wherever you are with the meet with the technology we have to join us all together on with the internet and with um, with ways we can meet online meeting and stuff like that there's no reason why we can't accomplish great things from small little towns like where we live in right yeah, yeah i think right, so Pete. 
Yeah. All right, so let's think. Uh, thanks again. Let's go into our final game now. We're going to play a game. It, we, it's a one that we've used. We used it on a, a Jason Ryder's episode, uh, Whiskey Night with Jason Ryder. One of the early episodes we did live from the Dutch Hall. If I can interrupt, though, that was that whiskey that you we did a shot of. It, it was like uh, Marshino cherries. Yeah, it was. It was Wayne Gretzky was hang, handing out Marshino cherry flavored whiskey. Or, Apparently, what or it was is uh, that. no, no. Yeah, it was uh, it was Ryan Vanbush that filled it. <laughs> And he told me it was a mixture of uh, rye whiskey and amaretto is what he put yeah, in the bottle. The amarettos what threw you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that, I thought it was, I was expecting way worse to be honest with you because I had no idea <laughs> that thing had been around for like uh, since October, you know. So I didn't know what exactly was in it. I couldn't Aged remember. Perfection. Crystal yeah. But it turned out pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this show is called the Iron Sheik or the Pope, and it's a Twitter game. And uh, I think it's only fitting that because tomorrow night we're going to go on a great pilgrimage for a second ever sure. uh, 2015 road show. We're going to visit our listeners in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. They've made a request for us to come down, and they made it so nice for us. It was a kosher pork chop, a listener of ours from great Kingston, listener. who invited us down to visit the Iron Sheik. And uh, we've been invited in as a member of the press to, uh, to um, go to the press conference before the Iron Sheik drops, drops the puck. For the Kingston Frontenacs game, and we are going to be uh, representing the media there. He's dropping the puck. Oh, yeah. He's dropping the puck, yeah. He's dropping the puck. And then we're going to uh, see Iron Sheik's movie, his new documentary, which I, I, from all accounts, it sounds like it's a really great uh, documentary. And then there's a Q&A afterwards, and uh, then we're going to the after party with the Sheik. Wow. So we were invited into an after party with the Sheik where we've been told we may be able to, and I, I don't want to promise anything until we get into it because I know how these things tend to go. But uh, we may be able to have an actual sit-down interview with the man himself, the Iron Sheik, the great, uh, the great wrestler. Oh, can you ask him how Nikolai Volkov is? I will. I will. Yeah. I will ask him that, and I will ask his ex-partner or partner that was. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. I I have great memories as a child of watching them in Brantford Civic Center. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to Sheik about it. So the Iron Sheik, uh, great. uh, It's gonna. It's great get for life from Dutch Hall. I'm really excited about it. And uh, on the other side, that is Pope. Pope Francis. And Pope Francis and I have had a relationship since the beginning of life in the Dutch Hall. I've always talked back and forth. I've been trying to get uh, the Pope to do a yard sale with me, sell some of the Vatican stuff and give that stuff to the poor. I've been tweeting back and forth to the Pope for at least a year. And I came across this article, which really broke my heart. And uh, it's from Vatican City. Pope Francis confessed, made a confession of sorts, telling a 16-year-old girl that he doesn't have a clue about how to work a computer. The 70-year-old Francis made the confession during a Google Hangout with several disabled kids from across the world. He said, or uh, Alicia from Spain asked Francis if he liked taking photos with his computer. Pope Francis replied, uh, do you want me to tell the truth? Which, if you're the Pope, you should probably tell the truth. You're you know? always telling the truth. There should be no question the, about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. like one of the big commandments, Pope. Can like, you say that in confession? Yeah, Do well, you want me to tell the truth? That's what makes me wonder about the Pope. It's like, is it is a, the highest the priest in the Catholic Church just the people who feel the worst about doing bad things? <laughs> like, aren't you supposed to not do bad things? Yeah. I thought, just don't do the bad things, Pope. Tell the truth, you know? And that's part of the job description. Like. Right. Yeah, <laughs> if he told, just don't sin, Pope. Instead, yeah. of, instead of every one of his tweets being like, we're all sinners, ask for forgiveness and grace, just, how about this? Don't sin. <laughs> yeah, make it easy. Yeah, just be good. Set an yeah. example. Yeah, maybe you can start, Pope, by not opening a Twitter account and leading me down the garden path to believe that you are, my tw- <laughs> me and you are Twitter buddies. <laughs> did he reply to you? No, he never replied to me. No. <laughs> he never did reply to me. I thought he was Maybe busy. he doesn't know how. I could, yeah, maybe he doesn't know. <laughs> handlers. Yeah. So anyways, the game that we're going to play this week yeah, is called... Handlers are nuns. <laughs> 
The, the, the game we're going to play this week is called The Iron Sheik or The Pope. So I will read you a tweet from Twitter, and you have to tell me, Dean Rainey of Rainey Media, whether it's... In association with Try Tie Tonight. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? Oh. I'm trying to get another plug in there. Oh, very good. Whatever you want. Okay, so you have to tell me if it's The Iron Sheik or The Pope. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, this is the one. The Neil Patrick Harris... White underwear have the skid mark longer than the J-Lo dress. It's Iron Sheik or the Pope? I'm going to go with the Iron Sheik. Oh, correct. Ding, ding, ding. Hey. Is there a ding, ding, ding? Yes. Good call. So you're very good. You see how it works, yeah. eh? It's easy yeah. peasy. Okay, this is a more difficult one. Yeah. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Everything is Awesome is the best song on earth. That is a tricky one. Because the first one was the overuse of the word the. Yeah. Yes. Right? That's the but this is nothing there. No. Everything is awesome is a great soft oh, the Pope then. Oh, oh, oh cheeky baby. Oh, nice, nice Bergman, nice. That's why we pay on the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, well the Pope's played. not saying the word awesome. <laughs> All right. Here's yeah, the Iron Sheik said that one? Iron Sheik said that one. Everything Gosh. awesome. He loves that song. The, the, the everything is awesome. Iron okay. Sheik loves it. Right. He's a real complex guy. He's not he really, a, is. Yeah, he really no is. jabroni on there or anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, how about this one? Slaves no more. We are all brothers and sisters. Iron Sheik or the Pope? The grammar's bad. So I'm going with the Iron Sheik, but then, I don't know, it's a good message. Uh, Iron Sheik. It's the Pope. (laughs) Disappointing. You're really starting to rush. Okay. Starting off good. You ready for a bleep, Dean? Can we do a bleep? Okay. Okay. You ready for a bleep at home? All right, uh, how about this one? Um, <laughs> Fifty Shades of Go Fuck Yourself. Okay. <laughs> Iron Sheik. <laughs> Iron Sheik. That is right. Yes, Iron Sheik. Yes, yeah. yes. All right. I got to get it easy because you're on a bit of a losing streak there. I okay. wanted to give you a, uh, just a lo- lo- lob one in there for you. <laughs> okay, this one is actually uh, a really difficult one. Being humble helps us share the burdens of others. Well, the delivery sounds like the Iron Sheik. <laughs> it sure does. But I'm going to go with the Pope. Oh, you're right. The Pope. Ah, I tried, tried tricking you. <laughs> good All answer, right. good answer. This one I really have problems with. This is going to be my second last one. The, the Turd Ferguson, Intelligent Jew. <laughs> SNL, hashtag SNL40. The Turd Ferguson, Intelligent Jew. Kim Kardashian? Oh, <laughs> so close. No, it was the Iron Sheik. Yeah, okay. And, uh, Norm McDonald? Yeah. yeah uh, Norm McDonald played Turd Ferguson, and Norm McDonald is uh, not a Jew at all. He's Canadian. Yeah, well, Canadians can be Jewish right, as well. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah for me. Uh, not around here. What's Turd Ferguson? enough. Turd Ferguson's uh, Burt Reynolds character on the SNL sketch where he does Jeopardy. You know, Alex oh, right. the big okay. And Burt Reynolds yeah. comes out and they, he goes, Burt Reynolds. And he goes, that's not my name. He goes, <laughs> and he has to read it as Turd Ferguson. <laughs> Anyways, Turd Ferguson. He's no Jew, though, Iron Sheik. I'll have to talk to you about that tomorrow. Straight okay, that's the last one. Take a bow because you are a prostitute. Hashtag Grammys. <laughs> the Iron Sheik. That's the Iron Sheik. Let's yeah. close it out. Gotta be. Gotta be. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. That is our show for this week. I hope that you can uh, tune in next week to listen on uh, iTunes or go on any of the podcast apps. Go to my website, livefromthedutchhall.com, or join the new video world and look at my YouTube page, uh, Life from the Dutch Hall's YouTube page, and you can watch The Wheel of Filth, which is out this Monday, and and, uh, probably like about a week later or so, we should be seeing this one, The Dutch Hall Revolution. 
until then, everybody, I want you to I want to thank our guest uh, Dean Rainey at Rainey Media. If you'd like to reach out to him, you can go to www.rainymedia.com, and that's uh, R A I N E Y media.com. And uh, you can uh, uh, reach out to Dean there. And if you have anything that you'd like to uh, use their crack team for. And I really do endorse you guys because you've done a great job. And once you watch The Wheel of Filth on Monday, you'll see how good a job these guys do. Well, you guys did a great job coming with the content. Lots of, lots of good laughs there. Yeah, we just got to work on getting it shorter, right? <laughs> it's a little <laughs> long. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd like to thank you for all your help and for coming in today. I'd like to thank my uh, house band, Nocturnal Emissions, Mike Bow, oh, and the birthday boy, Derek Van Hooten. Yeah. Until then, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week and uh, take care of each other. Thanks a lot, everybody. You got the guitar, Mike? Oh, yeah. Let's get it out. Oh. Give me a second here. <laughs> Charter, suck it. <laughs>